This is Show Me Your Playlist, the music podcast, where every week there's a new guest with something to say and a playlist to share with me, your host, Katie Kruger. It is Friday, July 5th. I'm being kind of quiet because everyone's sleeping in my house right now, and post 4th of July blues, I spent all day at the pool and editing this podcast. I wouldn't have it any other way and comforting my dog because she hates fireworks. I want to keep it short and sweet because I have two interviews. I have a mini interview with Sarah from Hot Tramp, super badass, started her own management company for musicians, artists out of Montreal. All of the music in this week's podcast episode are a part of either a musician that she manages or does different PR campaigns, and you can listen to the little interview that we did, and I can't thank her enough. I am, after this intro, I am going to play Jeanette King's uh, Love Another, which goes on all heartbreak, breakup, playlists, uh, beautiful soul, beautiful music, and all throughout, I have her artist, Marzi, uh, also finishes out her interview, Shades Lawrence is in between Nicole, which is Lace in the Moon, who's been doing the amazing Queer Eye uh, Scavenger Hunt with Simone Sleeve. if you are in the Philly area. Be kind to yourselves, do something creative, and uh, soak up the sun. I hope you enjoy this episode. I am finally feeling back in a groove and am really, really so happy to put out this episode. Uh, I've kind of just felt like in a fog days since moving and now kind of all coming together. So until next week, enjoy Sarah's interview of Hot Tramp and of course the wonderful Nicole Nikolic, uh, aka Lace in the Moon. And I will see you next week. Enjoy all the music, check out all the artists on Spotify, and um, thanks for listening.
Well, how are you? Good, good. How's the weather up there? It's actually really nice today. It's been, yeah, pretty awful for the past couple of weeks, just with like cold and rain. But today, it's actually Canada Day today. Oh, um, nice! Happy Canada yeah. Day! Yeah, thank you. So it's a perfect day for that. So thank you so much for recording with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Actually, when you mentioned this um, podcast when we were in Philadelphia, I was like, that would be great for myself or my artist to be on one of these days. So. The other day, I, you were just posting something and I was just like, you know what? I'm just <laughs> going to reach out to her and just have all your artists be like a part of the episode. Um, yes. And this week's episode is kind of really awesome, and I'm excited to have you on. It is Nicole. She goes by Lace and Moon. Uh, she is a yarn bombing street artist. Okay. And she is just collaborated with my really good friend, Simone, and Queer Eye is actually coming to Philly. Simone and her both did this, like, collaboration, and Simone does a lot of, like, portrait paintings, yeah. So she did portrait paintings. Oh my gosh. And that. That's awesome. Yes. She is amazing. And, yeah. Yeah. 
And, uh, and then Nicole did yarn bombing for like their clothes. So they're all, and they're doing a scavenger hunt all throughout the city. So I'm pretty excited to have you on and to talk about hot tramp. Yes, me too. I'm excited to chat about it. We are going to talk about you run a management company out of Montreal. How did Hot Tramp become a management company and how did you start to develop it? Well, it's sort of, I graduated, I guess, about two years ago and I got a job at a music promotion agency. And I always kind of knew in the back of my head that I wanted to start my own business at one point. Um, and then I was sort of like thrown into this music promotion agency and doing so much work, which is a good thing for your first job because you learn very quickly. But Mm -hmm. there was a point where I was kind of like, I could be doing this much work for my own company as opposed to like this guy's company. And then I ended up leaving and then started Hot Tramp through that pretty soon. I started Hot Tramp about at the beginning of the year. I'd say like January. So yeah, it kind of just came from me feeling like I was ready to be able to take it on independently. So you started Hot Tramp at the beginning of the year. Uh, did you know like what artists you wanted to take on first and how did you choose that, like the first artist that you were going to well, take the, on? Yeah, the first artist I ended up working with, I had actually done, I had managed her campaign at Music Promo. So her name mm-hmm. is Luca Chesney. She's a really great um, LA-based artist actually. She does kind of like electro pop, but we formed a really like great relationship when I was working for her and we stayed in touch when I wasn't with the other company anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of just decided to go for it. And she was really great at the beginning stages, but right now is actually taking a little bit of a break. So we'll start our work relationship again early next year. But she was sort of the first artist in this hot tramp thing and it was really great having her and I went to actually LA to visit her for the beginning there um but I did actually run into some issues right off the bat with that because I had worked with her at at my old company that peeved Mm -hmm. them a little bit so I kind of got like the threatening lawsuit right at the beginning and it was a bit of Uh. a, a weird way to enter into the work world I guess independently with a it kind of added a lot of stress it ended up going away yeah. in the end, but it was definitely like entering in with a bang with this. Was it hard being in Montreal and managing a music, like an artist in the States and on the opposite coast? Yeah. You know what? It actually, it really was, especially for kind of the first artist I took on. That distance is difficult, especially when you're managing an artist. It's a very close relationship you need to have with them. Um So when Mm -hmm. it was with Luca, like I was trying to get out to LA as often as I could, but I'm obviously very small budget operation right now. Uh, So that was, that was difficult in itself. So like right now, the two artists that I manage are both, first of all, good friends of mine and also Montreal based. And it's definitely, the workflow is a lot easier for this right now. Obviously if I expand more, I can maybe take on a closer relationship with people who aren't kind of locally based, but it does add a lot of challenges Mm -hmm. for sure. Do you, uh, do you have any, like, I guess, employees or other partners that work with within hot tramp? So I have just very, very recently, like last week kind of started taking on, um, someone to come help me. Uh, she's great. Her name's Malika, okay. who I'm hoping will kind of like help 
with the workload I have now, um, we're still kind of getting into figuring out how it will work, like what she will mm-hmm. help me with, because I've been doing this kind of all by myself for for four months. I just need to figure out now how to share this with the help that I do need. The demand for Hot Tramp has been amazing, and I'm so lucky that it's kind of growing very quickly and quicker than I thought it would. So it's good to like be doing those steps towards like having help and growing internally a little bit as well. Do you only like manage bands or are there other services that kind of that you provide mm-hmm. underneath it? So the the goal of Hot Tramp is eventually to be just a management company, but mm-hmm. the thing the thing with managing artists is that it's very very time consuming and it's also just like an investment financially. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you manage an artist, it's like you work to get them to kind of be able to monetize their music. And then once they do that, you start sort of being able to make a little bit of money. So I can't, I don't have enough resources right now to only be managing as much as it's what I enjoy doing the most. So I also do PR campaigns. Um, like, yeah, like I'll push album releases or video releases and I'll also do some booking as well. Okay. So what are the artists that you do manage? So right now I manage Marie's and Jeanette King. Uh, yeah, those are the two ones that are like I fully manage. And then my other artists, I focus more on the PR side of things for. And you oh, met. Nice. Yeah. And yes. Marie's, Marie's and Jeanette King were the ones that you met. Yeah. Cause we just came off of a month long tour. <laughs> How was the tour? The tour was good. It was it was definitely an experience. Um, (laughs) it's like, it was very, it was tiring, but it was, it was fulfilling. It was, it was, I'm glad that we did it together. Um, I mean, it's always hit or miss each show. Some shows were amazing. Some shows were not as amazing. Um, (laughs) I was able to see a lot of the States that I otherwise absolutely would not have seen. Mm. Um, so overall it was a fun experience. It was, what? and actually Philly was still like one of my favorite cities that I was in. And I'm so excited to hopefully go back soon. Oh yeah, uh, We were only there for like, it was under 24 hours. Uh, what has been one of your favorite like accomplishments oh, yeah. so far starting Hot Tramp? I think I'm very proud of myself in that I can now kind of like, like I'm living off of doing hot, like I was able to get myself a small business grant here in Quebec. So there Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So hugely helpful. Um, and it took, it was sort of like a, a, like a three-step process. Like you have a few interviews and you have to like present your project. So pretty much right when I wanted to knew that I wanted to start hot tramp, I went and started that application process and then I ended up getting it. So now being able to kind of get that grant and take on enough press campaigns. And I also, um, do booking at a, at a venue here as well. I'm like living frugally but comfortably off of my own projects which feels really nice because I know that a lot of like new businesses starting out aren't as um kind of lucky to be able to do that so I'm pretty proud that now now, like not very many months in I'm like just doing hot tramp things with of course a lot of help from this grant that finishes next February so pretty much by next February okay like make sure my business model's in line to to go on from there um but yeah, I kind of like that I, I've been able to just do this as my full-time thing so so early into starting a business. Is this your first time ever applying for a grant? Yes, this is my first time. 
doing the well congratulations because that is not an easy feat whatsoever yeah no I am I'm definitely I'm glad I did like I feel like a lot of people too they they don't go for it because they do kind of see that it's a lot of work to try and get a grant and it kind of like makes people decide to not try go that route or try so I'm glad that I tried and then ended up getting it which is great uh, and I'm definitely going to like look into mm-hmm. other grant options um, that they may have. I mean, Quebec is pretty good for that. What has been like one of your maybe most difficult hurdle running Hot Tramp, like, or in the way that you kind of found yourself getting mm-hmm. through it? I think for me, it was honestly just like keeping like myself like healthy and happy during all of this like very overwhelming workload that's been hitting me very I I love that hot champ is growing so fast and then I have all these fabulous opportunities but at the same time it's like when you're starting a business I want to say yes to everything I want to do everything so I think it's like figuring out I just when I started I didn't expect it to kind of move so quickly with hot tramp. And I feel like people don't really realize Mm -hmm. that it is just me. Like I am hot tramp was just taking on all these things. I'm like honored that people are asking to work with me. And I'm just saying like, yes. But then it was like to that point where fear of like, am I taking on too much? Am I going to like crash and burn right at the beginning here? Just because I don't know when to say no. Now taking this step to have Malika on board I'm like putting my energy into finding someone because it is time for me to grow internally. Like I can't just do this all on my own at this point, which is a good thing. And I'm glad that my business is is moving this way. When you start new projects or new businesses, it's finding those boundaries and it's not for boundaries for other people. It's boundaries for yourself while like, while being able to, to be your most successful. So you're successful for others at the same time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. At 100%. Yeah. Just like figuring that balance out. Cause I think there was a moment where I was just like, it was like right before tour as well. Cause those tours were pretty, cause I was planning two tours simultaneously. I was just oh, wow. kind of at this point where I was like, I don't even know if I have enough time in a day to do everything I need to do. Tour kind of helped me cause it got me like cleared my head a little bit and then came back and yeah, I understand more what I can take on, what I cannot take on, which I think you kind of learn like as you go. It's so true. You just, it's like trial and error and you just have to be patient with yourself and, and realize that like, you'll figure it out. It didn't go right maybe one time, but like, and you feel really overwhelmed and then you'll push through it. Exactly. Pushing through it's important. And I think too, what I always told myself when I was feeling like extremely overwhelmed with sort of like this is all good like it's it's great that I'm that hot tramp is to a point where I have too much work to take on the alternative would be like starting a business and kind of just sitting there bored mm-hmm. so I kind of tried to always like look at it in a positive way of like so now I have this much work it might be too much for me so just figure out how I can like make this work either with myself or taking on new people or saying no sometimes what is the one thing you do to kind of yeah. like do for yourself that's not focusing or working on hot tramp well I have this like kind of like fun new hobby project that I'm involved with I just Mm -hmm. learned bass um last (gasps) year yeah so I play bass for a local band here called the commandant and it's like nothing kind of gets you out of your head and out of your zone more than like going to like a jam or like a practice and just like learning these new songs that's challenging in such a different way for me than like running hot tramp is and that's been a lot of fun and like even kind of we've done a few shows so far we've done two shows 
Um, and just like the excitement building up to that and like the practicing and just like fully focusing on that, like in the coming up to those shows and just that really gets me out of my hot tramp head. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's so good. And you get to create something like you're creating such big platforms and you're creating tours and you're creating press campaigns and PR for, for so many different other creatives. And then when you're a creative yourself, you kind of, you need that outlet to to create and do something different. And I think it's fun too, because I mean, I can, in like a small kind of way now I can like, I can relate to these artists that I work with. So I played to open up the episode I played Jeanette King's Love Another. I love that song. It's on my breakup playlist. Oh, so good. I wanted to know, uh, do any of your artists, we're going to be playing throughout the this episode, all of your artists that you either manage or uh, do press PR yeah, for. Yeah. Um, is there anything coming up for you? I saw, do you have a festival coming up? Yes. So I have my hot tramp festival which i'm very excited about it is august 28th to september 1st in montreal Mm -hmm. uh so a lot of all of my hot tramp artists as well as friends and just other great artists in the city are going to be on the lineup for this um and yeah so that's going to run five days super excited like we got really great sponsorship for it Um, So that's coming up. And then Jeanette King, you mentioned Love Another. We actually have a music video coming up for that on July 19th. Exciting. I know. Very exciting. It's a beautiful music video. I'm excited for you to see it. Um, I would not expect anything less from, from that, from the music that she creates. I know. Yeah. The video is just gorgeous. And then I have all of my artists do have upcoming uh, releases. Yeah. So the, yeah. Le- the lean over have a full album Portigo, which is out on July 30th, which I'm really excited about. And so far they've released two singles off of that album forward and back and Lily. And they're just one of these, like, they're just great performers. They're so fun to watch. Um, and yeah, they're, they're fun to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really great. And then I have shades Lawrence. He'll be releasing an EP in December and she actually just released, uh, a, a few weeks ago, Second Life, which is another EP of hers that has like, like Turn My Head is one of the tracks off that EP that I listen to like at least every day. It's on my running playlist. It's on my <laughs> everything playlist. So it's a really great track. And then we have uh, Sarah Danielle, who's releasing a full length album in September, which will be really great. And she's, nice. yeah, she's released, um, waterfall and flawless so far this summer and they've had like really great reception so i'm excited for the full album to come out and then for marie's um she's working on some music videos to follow up on her ep like moons and she you can actually catch her in the bitch media this edition of the bitch media magazine um she made a playlist for them yeah she did like the bitch case super cool like we're so thrilled about it so you can catch her in that in this edition the heat edition of bitch media I'm yeah. so excited. She was talking about it when she was at the house and I was like, oh my God, I can't to hear what's on your I playlist. Know. Oh, I know. Uh, Shades Lawrence is going to be my new obsession. I yeah. listened to Turn My Head and I was like, I want this on all my summer playlists. I know. I'm so excited <laughs> with that song. It is so good. I think it is. It, there might be a music video coming out for it as well. So That's for great. you, what would you put on your summer playlist? Get like two songs you would put on the summer playlist. So 
there's this like so I don't know if it fits for a summer playlist, but there's this song that just like re-entered my life, and I don't even quite understand how, but I am now like so obsessed with it, and I listen to it every day, and it puts me in this really great zone. It's called Golden Brown by the Stranglers. Um, I don't know if you've ever, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Snatch, but yes, okay, okay, it's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie, but um, it's actually the song that plays in the scene where like. Brad Pitt gets in this, like, in, like, that fight and knocks out the guy at the beginning of the movie. Anyways, it's a weird scene, but the song is so great, and it always just puts me in the best zone. So that's something that <laughs> is, has just become a big part of my life. And then um, I'm going to have to say that also Rebel Rebel by Bowie, because that's where Hot Tramp, that's where my name came from, really, was from that song. Oh. He says, like, Hot Tramp, I love you so that's where I got the idea for my name. So I want to include oh, that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. My sex playlist episodes have been always the like most popular one. It's my most popular played playlist. And so I always like to ask guests and I felt like it was appropriate with hot tramp. Uh, what song you would put on a sex playlist. Okay. So I would put um, baby by Donnie and Joe Emerson and Ariel pink actually redid it as well. Um, yes it's just such a good song and it's very like kind of like sensual and like sexy in that way and then to take a totally other (laughs) kind of song um I don't know it's a bit like intense but uh she wants revenge tear you apart because it's like when I think of a sex song for whatever reason that's one that pops in my head and I think a lot of what it has to do with is like that scene in American Horror Story where um, Lady Gaga is like in her red dress yes. with, with her vampire boyfriend, and then they're like looking for their next like lover slash victim. The scene turns pretty gruesome, but either way, in that time being, it seemed very sexy. Um, so, yeah. oh, I'm so excited to add these songs to the playlist, to Yay. our summer playlist, and to our sex playlist. Sarah, I can't thank you enough, especially since we've stopped and recorded <laughs> a million times. Yeah. No, this has been so fun. I'm glad that you thought of me for this. Yes. And thank you for providing all the music for this week's episode. If people want to check out what Hot Tramp is doing, where can they find you? So my Instagram handle is at h0t.tramp. And that's for Instagram and, and Facebook. I have a website in the works, but it's not quite ready yet. So that will be eventually hottrapmanagement.com, but not, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll wait for that one. (laughs) I will have all the links to all of your artists and all their music and all of their Instagram handles as well in the show notes and happy Canada day. I hope you enjoy your picnic. Yay. Thank you. Have a lovely day as well. Earth.
happening right now and just like knowing everything that we're going to talk about just gets me super pumped right I, now oh me too this is it's kind of crazy because i know i've told you but i've never done a podcast before or any kind of recording but actually last monday my friend and i went to the story corps mobile that's story corps so the library of congress mm -hmm. right now they are recording stories for their archives Ooh. and they have this mobile that travels around city to city and they're in a city for about a month at a time and you can sign up with a partner and just tell your story they're just trying to collect stories of like what life is like right now that's amazing it's like the voyager record but like <laughs> yeah. of sto of like people exactly people it was really cool so i went with my friend who i met um she's my best friend in philly and mm -hmm. she's my roommate and we called our story like a craigs a craigslist friendship because we met on craigslist <gasps> so we just wanted to just talk about our friendship and it was like very emotional and it was very it was very great it was it was I awesome it. how long have you guys been roommates friends um for two years now. I moved to Philly three years ago, mm -hmm. but I met her two years ago, and we came, became pretty fast friends. Nice. But it's just going to live there, like, forever. They were like, do you want, like, a copy just for yourself? Are you okay if, if this lives in the archives forever? We're like, sure. Why not? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird. I've never done any recording, and then now, now I'm doing podcast. two. Kind of <laughs> in the same week, which is super exciting. How long are they in Philly for? 
I believe last week was the last week okay. they were here. So you got it. I right think now. it was a month of June. Gotcha. And then I'm not sure where they're off to next. Uh, I have Nicole Nikolic. Yes, Nikolic. Nikolic. Oh, I've heard <laughs> plenty of different sayings for my last name. Uh, a lot of times people will say like, is your name Nicole Nikolic? Like, no, my parents didn't name me the same name twice. <laughs> They do better than that. <laughs> or in high school, I was dating someone named Nick, and they'd be like, Nicole Lickanick. And I was like, all right, oh, come on. <laughs> for the love. If so I've heard it all. People could just not sometimes. <laughs> uh, you are the creator of Lace in the Moon. I am. Uh, Lace in the Moon. Yeah, that's my that's my baby. How? When did this start? So I've had, I've used the name Lace in the Moon for a while now, probably since 2015, um, right when I like started Instagram, and this was what, before I even knew how to crochet or oh, learned how to crochet. Okay. This was kind of my, okay, I should probably get on Instagram or something, because I am a creative person, but at the mm-hmm. time didn't know what my medium was. Yeah. And I created that, and I was doing a lot of more weaving, mixed media stuff, and the name, it doesn't really have a meaning or anything. I just, at first, I was using a lot of lace, and I'm very drawn to the moon, astrology, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I just really liked lace in the moon. And it, as my, like, crocheting career, or I guess career, yeah, I, I don't know. You have a career in it? <laughs> it's a career. It just kind of, it still makes sense. I kind of think of, like, lace in the moon, like yarn in a fence or I don't know yeah. I just really like the way it sounds and there's no real meaning behind it it's just pretty and I think it goes with my aesthetic I love it how long have you been crocheting yes yeah, so crocheting I actually self-taught myself about two years ago oh wow I so my whole life I've been a creative mm-hmm. person um but I never had really found my medium I've done you know everything under the sun collaging, painting, drawing, you name it, I've tried it, and just nothing it seems like click or mm-hmm. really have been my medium that I'm like, okay, this is it. Yeah. But I saw someone um, do a little bit of like yarn bombing in a picture or like on the internet or something, and I was like, that's really cool because I've always been attracted to texture and color. Yeah. Those are my biggest thing. Um, and I was like, what is this? And I like looked into it a little more and I found this artist who is like probably like my biggest inspiration. Her name's London K. Oh, I know. Have you London seen her K, stuff? Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. Yes. Yeah. And there's not a lot. There's no. London K and there's Olick, who I would say is like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, kind of started the, is like as big in yarn bombing as I think as you can get. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's a couple of other Philly local people who are doing some awesome stuff, and there's this group out in Colorado that I follow called the Ladies Fancy Work Society, Ooh, like and they do that. some amazing stuff. But so I kind of just like looked into that, and I was like, I I want to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. So I taught myself on YouTube, and it took me a while because to like get it down because a craft like that, like when I would practice, but I would mess up, but you know, YouTube can't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. I get so frustrated and be like, and it's just, you know, I was missing a loop or something, but I didn't realize that. And, and no one's there to teach me. No one's there to teach yeah. me. Yeah. What did you go to school for? So, well, I went to school for a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> it's like a mirror. I love having guessed that it's like a mirror. <laughs> really? Okay, good. I feel like we are probably very similar yeah. in a lot of ways. So, okay, I graduated high school in 2010. Okay. And... Uh, I didn't know who I was then at all. Does anyone when they graduate? Exactly. And that's my biggest thing that I get really frustrated about. It's like, you're in high school, 
and you're supposed to like you know you want to fit in you want to be cool you want to mm-hmm. like and then all of a sudden you're supposed to know okay I, this is what I'm going to do with my career and this is how I'm going to be unique and I want to know exactly what I'm going to do like how do you go from that like kind of group to like uh, being an individual really quickly yeah. I really struggled with that oh I, I completely agree and I think that we put way too much pressure on like you have to decide a major who I don't even decide what I can eat. I'm 32 and I can't decide what I want to eat sometimes. You're expecting me to figure out what I want to spend $30,000 on. Exactly. Easily. And at that point, I don't even know all the um, options of things that are out there for creatives. I'm like, I know I want to do something in art, but everyone's like, oh, you're just going to be an artist? I wish I had known back then, like, all the different crazy paths that I could take. Obviously, it's gotten me here, which I'm very thankful for, but... So I went to Clemson in South Carolina. Oh, I don't know that. For one semester. Okay. Um, it's like a big football school, pretty southern. Um, I got there because I was like, you know, I want, I want to get away. It was like eight hours from home. I was like, that's a good distance. Did you grow up in this area? I didn't. I grew oh. up in Virginia, actually. Oh, okay, okay. So I grew up in northern Virginia, went to Clemson for a semester, Um it just wasn't for me. I was studying art there. Okay. And I was like, do I want to do art? Do I want to do education? I didn't really know, but I got there. I was me and my roommate at the time were the only girls on our floor, like not in a sorority. Mm -hmm. And I was, this is when I really started to struggle with, or like, I was like, Ooh, I'm, am I like queer? Am I gay? Am I straight? I didn't really know. And that just, just wasn't the place for me to yeah. kind of figure that out. It was very expensive. I felt guilty about that. Just a lot of factors. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went home, went to community college for a little bit, and got into... I worked at a retail store. Okay. And through that, I was like, oh, maybe I want to go to school for fashion merchandising. So I eventually then went to Virginia Commonwealth University in I've Richmond. Heard, yep, yep. Yeah, and I studied fashion merchandising. Oh, cool. So I thought... And that's actually what brought me to Philly. When I graduated, I was like, I want to work for URBN, anthropology, mm-hmm. like that's what I want to do. It's so beautiful. It's, I mean, you know, yeah. they do beautiful stuff. They do. I quit. It's still a corporation. It's still a corporation. There we go. <laughs> you know, It's still a corporation. At the end of the day, so, there's someone telling you what to do. Exactly. And you, there's very little room for creative growth. Exactly. And I was in Richmond and I, I knew I wanted to get out cause it's a small city. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I had a great time there. But I needed something bigger, mm-hmm. and the headquarters here. So like, oh, I'm gonna work my way up and work for urban anthropology. So I got here, realized within you know eight months working there it just was not the. It was just, yeah, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, but, like I guess I'll just. There's put some it people who need that structure of like they're creative, but they're creative within guidelines. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that realize that it could be so much bigger. And they're just confined by those guidelines. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I felt. And, but I also felt trapped because I was kind of in this retail world, went mm-hmm. to school for fashion and it's like, well, you, it's kind of the path you're on now. So I left there and then I was a store manager for South Moon Under I don't know for a bit. Is. It's a women's clothing okay. store, um, smaller boutique E and again, I, I knew that wasn't going to make me happy, but I needed to get out of yeah. the toxic environment that I was in. So here I am, like, moved to Philly to work for this company. I'm like, what am, what am I doing here, Nicole? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a couple friends, but I just I wasn't very happy. And I'm learning this, actually, now as I get more confident in my career and what I'm doing. Like, that was huge for me, just 
not being fulfilled in my job is a really big thing for me and it's a really big depressor for me okay yeah and uh, i've struggled with depression a lot but this Mm -hmm. is now i'm realizing that was probably my biggest thing but i'm thankful that i kind of discovered crocheting while i was a store manager actually i discovered it when i was at anthro and i was doing a little bit i taught Mm -hmm. myself how to do it and put up a couple tiny mini yarn bombs but then i stopped for a while and when i really you know, six months went by. I was like, okay, maybe I'm a little happier. And I wasn't. And I was like, all right, Nicole, you want to be an artist. You want to live this creative life. Like you got to actually do it now. Like, I think you found your medium. Mm -hmm. You need to just do it. And if you're going to do it, you need to put all into it. Yeah. And uh, I did this project, um, that kind of got a lot of press. Um, it's my, like, it's the first thing, my, my Taylor Swift project. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it got a lot of press and it made me think, and I'm sure we'll talk about this. Yeah, of course. Um, but it was like, okay, I can do this. I really can. And then doors started opening up for me. I was able to quit my corporate job. Um, my last day was actually Black Friday. Hell yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> and I didn't like, do did that. Did you have to work on Black Friday or d- was it like the so day So I worked Black Friday okay. and I didn't. I was actually thought I was doing it to me. Like, I could have quit, you know, a week earlier or whatever, but I was like, no, I'm not going to, like, quit on Black Friday. Granted, I didn't stay for the weekend after. I was like, no, (laughs) I can't do that. that But I haven't been back to a mall since. (laughs) Or like, And I'm, like, very proud of myself for that. I'm going to have, like, some kind of party, like, this upcoming You have to. (laughs) Like, anniversary of, like, no longer being tied to the chains of, like, the corporate world. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. That was big for me. So I remember like getting in my car and I, I think driving home that day was like one of the best days of my life. Cr- like street art, crochet art. It's very niche. Like not a lot of people are doing no. it at all. Um, there's a couple main people like we talked about, but other than that, there is so much room for possibility and so many people still don't even know what it is. And a lot of times people ask me like, Oh, did you create yarn bombing? I'm like, Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but it just shows people don't that it's not as exposed as other types of street art mediums. Exactly. Um, and it, I feel like with, so maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong with yarn bombing, it's a lot more time consuming than other various mediums of street art yeah so what i think people don't realize is how long these things take me Mm -hmm. at home and my street the pieces i do in the street art so for example if i'm doing something um let's say what uh, what about the it's time yes that's a pretty popular one yeah 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 so i have this one that says it's time to get lost Mm -hmm. it's a huge clock and instead of numbers it has like um all our planets and stuff so to create that in my home probably took me about 25 hours so 25 hours of sitting in my room listening to podcasts (laughs) listening to music watching parks and rec on repeat whatever it is so it's a lot of time it's a lot of materials too Mm -hmm. so all my street art materials i when i do it just for fun you know i eat the cost of that which wow I also I have a lot of people who will donate to me, which is great. Oh, great! But it's also an expensive material to use. Yeah. So it's a lot of time, and then the actual act of installing. So that one probably took me about an hour to install. Okay. So just for like one piece of street art, which it's not guaranteed to even last more than a day. It's a lot of work. Scary to like make something for 25 hours put it up not only that one so i i suggested that because i interviewed the philly moon men and i used that as i a loved them i met them yes. when i was doing that they're amazing they're amazing they were one of my guests and like kind of i recorded with them went down and it, you must have just put it up went down to south street and that was there and i was like it's kind of like 
serendipitous that I take a picture of this and I kind of used it as a promotional of like, guess who our next guest is? That is amazing. Yeah. So funny story about that is I met the Philly Moonman when I was uh, deinstalling it because oh, okay. it started to fall down and I was uninstalling it and um, one of them walked by, I can't remember which one right now, but he walked by, he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm actually the artist of this. I, it's, I'm taking it down. It's starting to fall apart. Yeah. And, you know, that's a big part of it. I want to make sure I can take it down whenever possible. And he, he sat down. He's like, I need a moment. He was like, I didn't get a, to take a picture with this. Oh. He's like, I've. Because he works yeah, right around he, there. He volunteers at Philly AIDS. Thrift. Yes. Yes. So he would walk by it all the time. And he, like, had a moment with me there. Aww. And it was I actually gave him some of the... He was like, can I have some of the planets? He was like, what are you going to do with this? I was like, I'm just going to recycle it. Yeah. Do you want them? He was like, I would love to have them. And I was like, oh my god. They are such big supporters of South Street. Uh, they volunteer at Philly AIDS Thrift. And... Um, they're always outside of Tattooed Moms. Moms. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. actually in Europe right now doing a whole tour in Europe showing people the moon. But, you know, that terrifies me. 25 hours of work and that someone off of South Street could just Mm -hmm. tear it down. I'm surprised no one did there. That whole 5th and Bainbridge wall Mm -hmm. was just such a delight to have. And I think it was a very respected space. Yes. The buffers would come and buff out every now and then, but it seems like towards the end they weren't getting buffed as much. But as far as people, people weren't going over each other's work. Graffiti artists weren't tagging other people's stuff. It was a very respected space. That's that's awesome because that's very hard to find. It's hard to find exactly. Unfortunately, yeah, I've I've come into that a lot. um, Unfortunately, as well. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of like just a risk putting it out there, Mm -hmm. and I'm. I get my picture, which if I didn't get a picture of the stuff and it got taken down within 24 hours. I would be upset about that. I mean, it would hurt a little bit more. Yeah, but the fact that I get a picture, it's okay. And I mean. I mean, not to sound like a very high thought, but like, isn't everything just temporary? Everything is totally temporary. You also bomb a lot of times on fences. Mm -hmm. So when I do it on fences, um, I will use zip ties and that'll really reinforce it. I have, um, it's still up. It's been about a year. A little like salad fingers guy. Are you familiar with salad fingers at all? It's like this kind of creepy weird viral video <gasps> there's multiple oh episodes. i know what he looks like yes yes okay i know yeah. what this is okay and it doesn't really make sense and it's weird but i just like created him and that has been my most popular thing i've ever done and he's still up on a fence where today. is he so he is actually like right by the acme and Wahlberg. <gasps> oh and i walk by him all i used to walk by him all the time yes. okay i know exactly so what it is that one's been up a year someone did tag his head but you can still see, see the main image. Yeah, exactly. So um, I obviously want to know what has been your most famous piece so far. <laughs> yeah, so, well, the Salad Fingers one is my most, like, liked, commented, reshared thing mm-hmm. I've ever posted on, like, Instagram and stuff. But probably, I'm guessing what you're referring to is my, like... So I call myself a fangirl, because I am a true <laughs> fangirl in every sense of the way. Like, if I love something, me and my friends will just, like, obsessively non-stop talk love about it. Love it to it. death. Love it to death. <laughs> and it's just fun. It, yeah. It's something about just, like... I, I don't know. It's I very if innocent. You have good lo- yeah, if you have a good love and genuine love for something, it doesn't matter what it is yeah. as long as it like brings you happiness exactly there's no need to explain it to anyone exactly. else. there's already so many like heavy and sad things we deal with all the time mm-hmm. why not like freak out over a music video for a little bit with your friends and yeah. like 
Like, why not? Lo- love, are, are you talking about Taylor Swift I'm now? talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I will sing Taylor Swift to the top of my lungs, wow. and I don't care. I will even sing her old country stuff. Yes. And okay, not you are, care. You're a true fan, oh, too. I am, and I have no problem with yeah. it whatsoever. So, a lot of times when I tell people, you know, like... Taylor Swift, my girl. They love to just like tell me something that they hate about her or something. Why? So my, I don't know. People have to stop being negative People sometimes. Have. My friend gave me good advice. She's like, I'm not talking about Taylor Swift around anyone anymore who like isn't a huge fan because it's not worth it. It's not. It's not. It's not but worth getting into arguments over a pop star. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's just fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people need fun stuff to get through all the shitty moments. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So last summer, which it was actually a year ago, like right now, it was like last July, Taylor was coming to Philly for Mm -hmm. her like reputation tour. And I knew I wanted to like yarn bomb some of her lyrics around the city. And I had no intentions of doing it other than like for fun, maybe take a couple pictures. Fangirling. Fangirling yeah, out. Exactly. So I told my friends about it and they were like, you know, this is a great idea. Love it. Go for it. So I put up one. The first one I did, it said, um, I want your midnights. And I put it up by the art museum. And you know, it got a little bit of traction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about a couple days later, I put another one up on Kelly Drive. Yeah. And it was more of like this. It was a little bit bigger. It was one that you could interact with. So you could stand in the middle of it and it said, you're so gorgeous. And that one, I put it up and like two days later, and I posted it on social media. I didn't have like as many followers and stuff mm-hmm. as I did now. But someone um, messaged me. Her name was Claire Walters actually. And she was like, I write for the Inquirer. I was running by, like, I want to do a story on this. I think it's really cool. And she was like, I feel like there's a story here. Mm-hmm. Is there... And I was like, absolutely. Like, I'm kind of trying to meet her, but not really. (laughs) I don't know. It's just Just give me something. So she wrote a story, and I got a full page, like, in the actual Inquirer in color. It went online. That's amazing. Yeah. And so then it kind of was like, okay, maybe this could happen. Mm -hmm. So my friends went on full speed marketing mode. They were on every platform you could imagine. They were posting my stuff on making Reddit accounts, making like Tumblr accounts. Like, Oh yeah. It's your friends for being the bosses. Really? And it was a collaborative thing. It really Mm -hmm. was not just me, but I was, so they were doing that. And then, um, Newsweek reached out next and I was like, what? So Newsweek did a story and I posted a third installation Mm -hmm. by the stadium so I had three installations up, two really big publications, and we were like, you know what, maybe like we'll actually meet her. Yeah. And so we got to the stadium super early, like walked around, like tried looking for a team, like just being <laughs> crazy stalker fans. Like we stand. Don't Do you ever sit back and realize and, and just think it for a minute and just be like, okay, our love is so much stronger than every other fan stalker but ours is more genuine and less creepy so it's okay i do i do think that sometimes but then i see other crazy fans i'm like all right i'm not yeah i'm not like i'm not that much but i'm pretty deep into it so it was it was crazy and uh her team eventually did they found us came up to us was like we've seen your stuff in the media Mm. We would love, like, for you guys to meet Taylor before the show. So we got, like, it was actually, like, a golden ticket. They gave us this golden ticket, and we were able to meet her before a show in Philly. We had to, we weren't able to bring our phones in or anything, but we were able to, like, be in a room with her for a couple minutes. And, you know, we had planned out kind of what we had wanted to say, but we got in the room, and we were all just like... Did you just cry? 
when no. I found out we were meeting her, I fell to the ground. <gasps> I actually really? did. Oh. Yes, it was very dramatic. But when you got around her, you were just like speechless. Like we were speechless, and she had said something. She was like, "So I saw your yarn bomb." She's like, "My mom actually texted me photos of them," and I was like, "Oh my god, my you're talking to me, <laughs> me, <laughs> But I like we joke about it all the time. She was like, "I just love your work," and I was like, "Thank you. It's it's so." Wholesome, and I've never said the word wholesome in my <laughs> life. I was like, why did I just say it's wholesome around Taylor's? I don't know. Do you have this moment where you play back in your head what you would have said to her or what you would have asked her? Uh, I, there, I don't think there's anything I would have changed. Actually, mm-hmm. I probably would have just like tried to like make the conversation last, last longer, longer and longer. But I, I'm happy with how it turned out. You're it like, was, I still got to meet her. Exactly. <laughs> So that was, like, my big, like, fangirl, geeky moment, and I just loved it. It was so much fun. That's so rad. Yeah. And then that's what really was, like, okay, I could do this. I kept working a little bit after that. That was in July, and I was able to quit my job in November. That was a catalyst for it all. How can you hate T-Swift when she's the one who just, like, helped, who inspired and set you up for a momentous career? Exactly. Uh, So, you are doing something amazing. It just finished the installation, like, to the world for people. You're doing a scavenger hunt with our good friend, Simone Salib. Simone is... I feel like you'll probably agree with me. I feel like she's, like, a very rare person. She is. And genuinely wants to work with you to collaborate and want you to succeed yes is what i have found in my friendship with her we will do another episode but one of the most powerful things that she said in our interview if you were even able to listen to it (laughs) was that when you have a platform you share it with others other creatives are coming up and doing it there's enough room for all of us Mm -hmm. and it's really true there's enough room for everyone to have a little slice of the pie and be able if you are passionate and genuine and you really want to be out there that's what it's meant to do is like we're meant to build each other up and like work together absolutely and she is like she's the epitome of that. she is the epitome of she that. does you guys started working on a collaboration because for those who might not know queer eye is going to be filming in philly and we all know this and some of them are already here yes. and they are going to be scouting and you were you guys collaborated because she is a portrait painter and you do these amazing yarn bombs how Mm. did this like start to create did you guys just were like this is what i want to do so we so i met simone on just through instagram same here yeah exactly i was like let's be friends social media can be good it can it really can (laughs) but i so i met her last fall and she had reached out to me when she was doing her artist statement series Mm -hmm. she had seen that i did something at a community center and she was like thank you so much for giving back i would love to paint you and like Mm. put you up as street art i was like what me okay cool and i was all about it so i met her like briefly then and we've done a couple other collaborations since and we hung up hung out a couple times and i would say like we're like friends now like at first we're like art friends and now like we're actual friends which is great but so we had just done a couple weeks ago in celebration of pride we did this queer girl Mm -hmm. and so she wheat pasted two legs that had all these like queer tattoos on them and stuff and I crocheted this like rainbow skirt and it kind of looked like the girl's lifting up her shirt showing off her tattoos showing off her pride Mm -hmm. and like we had such a positive response with that I loved that installation I really love that and it's just progressed a lot lately I don't know if you've seen other artists have been putting stuff up it was like a weird like people tying at 
you like the uterus at the uterus and mm-hmm. hysterical men yes. did that that's great yeah so it's really growing um so i knew queer i was coming simone knew they were coming but we hadn't really talked about it but so i sent her a message on instagram and i was like hey like queer eye is coming like would you want to do something together to like maybe get their attention and she was like oh my god i actually was thinking the exact same thing Mm. she had an idea to like create all of them and put them throughout the city and i was like that's exactly what i'm thinking of so we both kind of like had these ideas marinating on our own Mm -hmm. and i was just like do you want to do this with me because she's a portrait painter i can't really draw people Mm -hmm. so i was like i need a partner for this and she was like oh i'm 100 percent on board so like we came up with the idea and then I went over to her house, and we did it, like, maybe five days later. Yeah. Um, we worked for about five hours. I had to do about another, like, two hours at home crocheting. Mm-hmm. But so it wasn't too, too long. And then, like, another three days later, we were like, let's just go put them all up. That's awesome. You just did this Sunday, right? We installed them all on Sunday. And Conrad of Streets Department came with us. He's always down to, like, come and I shoot. I love Street department i love following him and all the stuff that they do yeah he is very on top of like everything that's going on and mm-hmm. in the art scene but also he's doing a lot of like political stuff lately yeah and he's just all over the place and it's really cool to watch unfold and he did like little videos of you installing all the work he as did. well so i took the actual like time last oh cool time lapse ones but he had his like professional camera and was like taking a bunch of photos and he put up a blog post it actually went live this afternoon and it has some really cool professional photos, and he has all the locations of every wheat paste. So we did it as a scavenger hunt. Yeah. But if you want a little cheat sheet, you can go to the streets department. I'll the post streets it in department, the notes. and it says the actual locations. But Simone and I have kind of posted the general locations. Mm-hmm. So if you want to like make a day out of it, like and explore Philly, they're all in different areas of the city. I love that you put each of them in a different part of the city. Yeah, and we did them in like strategic spots too. So we did like Karama he is in old city mm-hmm. really close to where his real world philly house was <gasps> he was he's in real world oh, yeah yes. back in like 2004 i know mm-hmm. oh my gosh it was my senior year of high school yeah and i remember that was the last year i really watched real world hard yeah. yes i didn't watch the philly episode oh season. i did i don't know why i wish i feel like i should like rewatch it no. we should oh we should totally rewatch should, okay, it you mean yeah, Simone yeah. Needs, like a slumber party yes. <laughs> a real world okay it's happening we, we can do that <laughs> we can totally do that okay, i'm good. so into that that's so great yeah so we did um him there we did um we put up jvn in center city mm-hmm near a salon near a salon yes yeah. it's very it's very suiting for jvn to yes. be near a salon exactly he belongs there That's yeah exactly <laughs> and his of i course, love that you had the rainbow so cape. of course <laughs> rainbow cape from the taylor, taylor swift music <laughs> simone sent me the picture because i was like i need to see what jvn looks like because jvn is everything good in this world just like out there yeah and uh he when Simone sent me the picture this is what we're doing and she must have sent me a picture when you were just like starting it because it was like a baby cape yeah and you were holding it up and I was like oh my god of course and then when I asked you to make a playlist I was like Taylor Swift better be on this damn song oh of course and it's that song (laughs) too (laughs) I was like there better be T-Swift on here yeah I was like 
I promise I'm not making this about Taylor Swift's moan. Just like this one little piece. She's just, like, oh, I don't care. Do it. <laughs> I am in love with the midriff crop top yeah, that he's been rocking. Little belly. Yeah, I love it. And he's fit. He like, is super fit. He's got his little belly like we all do. Right? Because we're, we're all human <laughs> and we're all beautiful. Oh, uh, no. Bobby is I was in just, West Philly, right? Bobby's in West Philly, and I was just about to say, like, Bobby's the true hero of all of this so far. <laughs> he reposted you. He reposted Simone and I. And uh, the thing is, so I've read before that Bobby actually, you know, he he does the most work out of yeah. all of them. And I would, like, some might argue he gets, like, the little, the least he, recognition. Yeah. Right? He does. Because, it, like, he, he redoes all the structures of, like, remodeling a person's living space. Exactly. So he has to actually come to the city like two weeks before mm-hmm. everyone else. But so I was just like, Bobby's out here probably like working on all these houses, figuring out, like getting ready for the show. He's the one who has like arguably the most work to do. And he was the one that's like been interacting with all of my posts, <sighs> like liking, commenting, reposting. I was just like, Bobby. And he's a family. Like he has a family and yeah. has to like, I know. Boss ass. I know. That's what it's all about. Boss ass babe. Exactly. Boss ass babe Bobby. Exactly. <laughs> hashtag. Oh, hashtag that. Get it trending. Uh, yeah. Hashtag boss ass babe Bobby. Oh, this but it's, is so good. It's though. just been such a fun week. It all happened so quickly. And it's, it's just been great to see how people are interacting with and taking pictures and posting. And just people are sending me messages like, this is such a cool idea. And... I, th- I just think it's an awesome idea and like people we should other people should do it more often I love that it's just extending pride a little bit because so showing that Philly is the the city of brotherly love and sisterly yeah. affection of like extending pride all year long yeah exactly exactly it, it kind of worked out very serendipitously that we installed the first piece that we installed on the last day in June and then it's going through July because um, I'm a queer artist mm-hmm. uh, I know Simone is as well and that's that's another thing yarn bombing has really helped me with is find my voice as a queer artist and it's something that I haven't really spoke like talked about a lot mm-hmm. or when I first started yarn bombing I was like I don't really know if I'm ready to like put that part of me out into the streets yet and stuff it's and terrifying it's terrifying and I personally have only identified as queer for the past I only came out in college okay so it's yeah. still something like newer to me talking about out in public and when people first meet me a lot of times or if I don't tell them a lot of people don't know that I am queer Mm -hmm. just because I come off a little bit more feminine or that's what people have told me at least so it's been a great way for me to kind of be like no like I am feminine super girly but I'm also like very queer too I also just think everyone's gay Everyone is, is gay. gay. They Everyone really is. Are. And I've only recently become like comfortable saying queer. That mm-hmm. was something I struggle with a lot. I'm like, well, where am I on this spectrum? Am mm-hmm. I bisexual? Am I gay? Am I queer? Like that spectrum's so wide. It's so yeah. wide, and it's a little scary though too. Because I'm like, why do I need a label to define it? And for a long time, I'm just like, I don't have a label. But I think queer is a good I love term. The, yeah, queer is a great term. <laughs> the scavenger hunt is amazing, and I hope everyone takes advantage of it. And I like that some of your playlist shines through in in your art 
your kind of like art endeavors. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to because Sarah of Hot Tramp Management has been so graciously kind to offer up a bunch of music from her artists. I think it's very uh, appropriate to have Shades Lawrence turn my head and then we'll talk about uh, Club Crochet yarn bombing bop. Club Crochet. (laughs) That's like a mouthful that I can't get out. (laughs) I I love it. (laughs) Sweet. We are going to get into Club Crochet. 
yarn bombing bops (laughs) yeah i didn't know whether to call it yarn bombing bops or club crochet but i like that you have like created a whole sentence with it is it's like club crochet featuring the yarn bombing bops (laughs) and it sounds like it's like featuring like frankie valley and the four seasons i don't know it sounds like very old sounds like it should have a water gun and be like all like water ocean related songs Club crochet one night only. Yep, in Yarn a foam, <laughs> in like a foam party. Yeah. Like it's oh, all eighteen year olds. It is. <laughs> There's a lot of glow stick. <laughs> I kinda asked you to put together a playlist of songs that fulfill you kind of cheer you up i feel like summer playlists is that's what it's about you got the sunshine in you're out there bombing the plate i i maybe bombing is not the word that i should go lead with yarn bombing there we go and all of these songs are just like happy momentous some of them are a little emotional filled um but you sold me when you start a playlist off with lizzo I feel like from now on, you just have to start your playlist off with Lizzo. Like, quote of the day. It should be <laughs> required of a playlist. And you picked my... So as soon as she dropped this album, oh. Soulmate, I didn't... I literally looked at all the titles, and I picked Soulmate, and I was like, this one's going to be it for me. I That you was the knew. First, I knew it right off the bat. I listened to it and I have the screen cap. I sent it to Taylor, my like love that I found off Facebook. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is everything for me. Oh, it's everything. Soulmate is absolutely my favorite on the album. It's it's just so relatable. Like it everything is. she says. And it's funny and it's good and it's real. Ugh. She's queen. I also got to see her with Simone. Oh, you did? She told, told me that. She's my Beyonce. She's my Beyonce, too, right? honestly. The, just the self-love. I watch her videos, and I'll just cry. Well, I just watched her, what, at the BET words, and she's playing the flute, and then she, and then she takes a breath, and she just goes, Bitch! She's <laughs> playing the flute, and I'm like, who are you? I know. And everyone, there's people who... I don't find too many haters of Lizzo. Some people are like, I, I don't need another Missy Elliott. And I was like, Missy Elliott paved the way for her, but she mm-hmm. is on a whole nother level. She's, try, she's been through being an indie artist mm-hmm. and like playing like indie festivals and collaborating with other in, independent, like alternative female musicians. Mm-hmm. And like, she's creating her own path of what she loves to do and is unapologetic unapologetic her instagram is hilarious oh my god it's always just like caption this and it's just like the most wild crazy photo and it's it's great she had a she started like the the warmer summer season she was in this like green i don't know if it was leopard or zebra skin like short and tank top and she's like i'm getting big She's like, I'm a little bit bigger. I've been on tour and I've been eating bread and drinking wine. And she's like, look at these thighs. And she's like rubbing it. She's like, my belly's bigger. My booty. I got another dimple in my booty. And I'm just like, I love you because no one talks about that. No one talks about that. And it's real. It is. Because sometimes when you're doing the stuff that you love creative wise, I know this, you probably know this, is that like, we stop forgetting to like we're fueling ourselves with mm-hmm. with doing what we love that we forget to maybe go to the yoga class or go and 
you know, exercise and absolutely. I will say since like quitting my job and crochet, I mean, crocheting is a stationary mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I've like tried to be good at going to the gym, but I've definitely gained like 10 pounds since starting to crochet because I'm not moving around yeah. as much. And the best thing is, is that you're still beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You're still beautiful. <laughs> no one can take that away from you. Exactly. I love her like speeches and be getting like church of Lizzo. Yes, exactly. That's how I feel. I so she's coming. She's gonna be one of the people at Made in America, <gasps> and so I'm thinking because the Met tickets are a little expensive now. Mm-hmm. And I know last year Made in America, my roommate got like a one day pass. Yeah, like, really close up to the festival, you can get one day pass for cheaper. So I'm trying to do that. I think because like Ooh. other people will be performing. I don't know who else will be there that day. I might I'm try like, to do that. I need to splurge. Yeah. Pretty ugly, Tierra Whack. I love that you put Tierra Whack on here. One, super weird, and I love her. She's stay weird, Philly. She's great, and I haven't known about her for too too long. But of course, when I was watching uh, Shrill, yes, this song was like the intro. Is it Do the intro? Sh- it huh? is. Do you love Shrill? The pool party episode. Like I wasn't. I was shook afterwards. I was like, this is like the best episode of something I've ever seen. Do you want to do Philadelphia Curve Weekend? What is that? It's a Philly rooftop pool weekend. Wait, is that happening? It is. It's happening. When? It's, I will look it up. I think it's in August. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you want a real life shrill party. We can go to a real life shrill party. <laughs> I want to go to a real life shrill party. <laughs> My only like complaint with this song is that it's so short. short. And it cuts off and you're just like, what? Oh, I will listen to it. Like, I'll just replay it, replay it, replay it. Yeah. That's what how I get with songs. I feel like every song in this playlist has been a song that I will just, like, put it on, like, repeat in a loop. Because I get obsessed with songs, and I'll listen to them 50 million times. Do you make playlists often? I don't. You don't? I don't really ever make playlists. But now you made a playlist. But I made a playlist here. <laughs> was it fun, at least, the oh, process was- of... I, I, at first, I was, like, a little overwhelmed. I was like, okay, like, it has to be cool or whatever. And then as I was putting it together, I was like, these are all my favorite songs. Like, I think it's cool, whatever. You're cool by default. Yeah. I've made, like, a running playlist before. I think I made a playlist for, like, a romantic partner one time. But that, other than that, I've never made a playlist. So. Sex playlists are great. I've never made a sex playlist. We, I have a c- constant running. You should. <laughs> I have a constant running sex playlist. So you had to add one song to a sex playlist what's a song that comes off probably a frank ocean song of course just just frank ocean just frank ocean in general yeah just frank ocean actually preferably just frank ocean himself Himself? yeah (laughs) just sitting there serenading in the corner oh yeah absolutely uh i love it and then of course i think it's funny because I always forget Pretty Ugly by Tierra Whack and So Short, and I think that it is always my Spotify fucking up, and then it goes right into Taylor Swift goes, singing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> on my playlist, of course. <laughs> so I had to throw the new Taylor Swift song on there, of course. We, we talked about her, but, like, oh, my love, it brings in the Queer Eye, because Queer Eye was in the music video. Like, it does. It's great. How did you feel about the mainstream of, like... I mean, as far as Taylor Swift or, yeah. like, Target, Target, like, the brand? The or brands just, and just... In general, everything. the corporation. Because I feel like Taylor Swift, unfortunately, caught a bad drift of it, because I don't think... I think she would have done it whether there wasn't this expose of, like, fuck the Kohl's and Targets and, yeah. you know, Walmart. So I have, a, like, a 
couple opinions on that. As far as, like, the Taylor Swift goes, I mean, people are going to give her shit for whatever she does. She's yeah. been silent about things for so long, and that's a big thing. Like, she doesn't speak out too, too much about her political views yeah. or her personal views, which... I understand why a lot of people are like, oh, you have this big platform and yet you don't use it. So I was very proud when she finally came out with Mm -hmm. something. And not only did, yeah, this video is a lot about pride and, you know, she, as far as we know, isn't queer herself, but she is actually doing something behind it. She's made a petition for people to sign Mm -hmm. um, senators and trying to project protect lgbt rights in her home state of not of um tennessee. tennessee so she's doing something behind it as far as the corporations i feel like there is a fine line like i think it's great that a lot of people now like who grew up um very accepting of lgbt rights are actually kind of rising to power in these corporations yeah. so yeah a lot of corporations are exploiting it and it's for money but at the same time you have to think are these places just getting more liberal in general and do we really are we just trying to show our pride as well and the people yeah. who are in power have these decisions are like of course we're going to do something for pride so i think it's a little bit of both obviously it definitely has gotten a little crazy and target is one of the brand the companies that are giving back to a charity their, yeah a percentage of their proceeds which is good at least yeah but part of me wonders too like i didn't start to you know, really talk about or explore my sexuality till later. But growing up young, like, I didn't really see a lot of this stuff around, and it makes me wonder, had I, would I have been more open about that part of myself mm-hmm. younger? Or maybe I was just a later bloomer, who knows? But it would have been cool to be able to walk around and yeah. see all that 15 years ago. Talking about that, Flaming Hot Cheetos, you said that there's a couple songs on here <laughs> that, like, kind of connecting yourself to your queer identity. Yeah, so... That one on there, um, Flaming Hot Cheetos, also um, Just Friends, mm-hmm. so th- by Morgan Saint. Are you familiar with Morgan Saint? No, at all? but I really loved every. There's a good, a lot of like pop songs that I never really tapped into yeah. before on this playlist. So I discovered her a couple years ago. Here she was playing at Ortlieb's. Okay, and there was maybe 30, 40 people in the crowd. And then I saw her again. She came back and opened up for Leon, and at. Um, the foundry yeah and so it was like a bigger venue it was really cool to see her grow just like within a year but so both of these two songs are really cool because it's something i struggle with when i'm attracted to a woman or dating women it's am i attracted to you sexually am i attracted to you romantically or like are we just friends like mm-hmm. i have a really hard time sometimes being like am i attracted to you or do i just think you're really cool and want to be your friend mm-hmm. so both of these songs are like about kind of that kind of figuring out like what what are we like what is this feeling i have inside especially that just friends one i mean there's a line and it's like um i can't think of it right now but it literally says that like word for word i i can relate to that 100% mm-hmm. i never have an idea if i like a woman because no I, I because i i i want to be more than just friends no we can just eat pizza and and and, and watch real world exactly <laughs> exactly like it's a mess it is <laughs> life is messy so those are like but morgan saint specifically just her whole catalog of stuff is very like queer friendly like finding out her identity and i i just i love her she's amazing uh i also I loved the Leon. Yes. Lost Time. Beautiful voice. She has an incredible voice. Although sometimes her voice hits a note and it sounds like Miley Cyrus. (laughs) 
And I just... Do you hate that? I don't hate okay, it. Okay. I, I was going to say, I do not hate that. So I saw her in concert a couple months ago, and she is just stunning, like mm-hmm. the most beautiful person I've ever seen, an amazing voice, but all of her songs are just like... Some of them are pretty poppy, but they're all just about heartbreak, a lot mm-hmm. of them. And I'm just like, she kept talking on stage about like all these men who have like fucked her over. I'm like, who would ever hurt you? Who would hurt you? I'm like, please, just like. If someone would hurt you, there's no chance in this world for someone like no, me. Not at all. But her whole album, she, it's just, it's great. It's a lot about like falling in love and just like a lot of heartbreak. And mm-hmm. oh, it's really good. You put a lot of really good um, songs that are like the heartfelt I feel like in the beginning it was like fun funky uh-huh. we're doing it we're bombing uh-huh. we're yarn bombing and then I gotta I was stop like, saying bombing no, it's fine I know what you mean <laughs> yeah. whatever they should know by they now know they're listening we're, we're yarn bombing we're in club crochet we're getting down and then someone <laughs> says last call and everyone wants to just drink their sorrows away at this point <laughs> yep exactly because <laughs> we just go into yeah it gets a little sons. it gets a little slower a little sadder it does you put uh, out of all of it I was very surprised some Simon and Garfunkel the 59th Street Bridge song. So that is probably my favorite song of all time. Oh, really? Any yeah, story it, behind? It reminds me of my childhood. Uh, specific. So my parents are divorced. It specifically reminds me of like times with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he just loves Simon and Garfunkel. Um, old folk Elton artists. John, old folk art. Just... And it just makes me so happy. And right now, we talked a little yeah. bit earlier, but he's going through um, some chronic back pain, which has been terribly, terribly hard on him. And just like me and my brothers, too. It's yeah. just, it's been a really hard time. And so I just put that on there because when I've been crocheting, I'm, you know, I'm in my head a lot. And he's one of the main things I think about lately when I'm crocheting. And I was like, I need to like put an ode to like my dad on this Aww. playlist and just like, it's such a good song, but yeah, it it's, it's random on the playlist. It's definitely the outlier. It is the outlier, but it's a good outlier. <laughs> yes. Because even if you aren't, maybe some people have strong feelings of like Simon and Garfunkel together, more people like Paul mm-hmm. Simon on their own. Um, but this was a song I was like, as I was listening through the playlist, I was like, huh, that I didn't expect that one coming through. Yeah, you're on like, that there's one. a story behind there this. Is, exactly. She didn't just haphazardly put that in there. You don't put Simon and Garfunkel on a playlist without a story you don't (laughs) but it's great for reminiscing it is and i thought it it just kind of because when i'm sitting there in silence a lot of the time i mean i i'll crochet my roommate works from home sometimes Mm -hmm. in the living room or sometimes i'll like go out and do it but a lot of times it's just in my studio and i mean you think about everything under the sun and that's definitely something that's on the forefront of my mind a lot lately isn't that weird though is that the one thing that you're doing that fulfills you is the one thing that kind of traps you with yourself yeah yeah that's a whole I think next year I am going to want to get like a studio space or like shared a shared space. Yeah. yeah. Because that's something I'm learning. I need, I need to get out of my, because so, my studio is also my room because I have a very big room, but mesh- meshing the two right now is, it's There's not no great separation. for me. There's no separation. Boundaries. Boundaries. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's my bed's right there. I'm just that's like I'm lonely. I want to take a little afternoon nap. Like, no, Nicole, like you need to treat this like, it's a full day sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, treating your art—that's your passion. Treating a passion as a business is so hard sometimes. It's my biggest struggle right now, for sure. And I think I think know, knowing that you need this early on 
a, a shared studio space or a studio space mm-hmm. that's separate from your house is that you're already at 100% ahead of yes. where other people are exactly. when dealing with it, when starting new businesses. Yeah. Because it's just so hard. You are like, well, I can save on rent. I can save on, you know, rent for a studio space. I It's very convenient. I wake up and I can do it. But then when it really comes down to it, do you want to be home mm-hmm. or do you want to be working? And working from home sounds great, you know, and sometimes it is, but you don't realize that, at least for me, I need the energy of other people to feed off of oh, and sure. talk things out and stuff like that. Mirror. Get <laughs> good. Mirror. Do you want to share yeah. a studio well, space? we can share a studio okay. space. We have lots I'll of plans. Be, yeah, we have lots of plans. We're going to watch all of Philadelphia, Real World. In one sitting, because you got to binge it. Yeah. We're yeah. going to just start it off. It's going to be like a midnight madness thing. Yes, We're going to have a, a studio space. It is. It's hardworking. I see people who try to do it all the time. I also have never listened to Ed Sheeran a whole lot and then when you put what do I know on here I just wanted to cry so Ed Sheeran is another like one of my big uh, I'm a big fan of and I wasn't a huge huge fan of him until I went to one of his shows with my one of my very best friends Amanda and I'd listen to like his main bops Mm -hmm. and stuff but we got to his show and at one point she's she remembers this and she tells all the time like I look over at her and I go I get it now. <laughs> like, that was like a stoner ass moment. It was. <laughs> we were not stoned. It was pure adrenaline. But he actually, when he's performing, he builds the beat. So he plays one instrument, loops it, then creates the next. Oh. And he builds the song from start to finish. So he'll build the entire bit. I have so and much more he, respect. And then he sings too. So an actual three, four minute song is seven, eight minutes long. Oh, wow. Yeah. But this is actually like a deep track. Like, this isn't a popular song at all. No. He's never played this at any of his shows, but it is my favorite song of his. Yeah, it's crazy. At all. It's great. It's like, what is the line that's my favorite? It's like, everybody's talking about exponential growth, the stock yes. market crashing in their portfolio, but I'll be sitting here with a song that I wrote. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so true, though. It's oh. good about just, oh, it's just a good song. And it is, and talking about that, like, that was what first caught me, and I was like, because I went through this whole trouble of, like, do I stay with a financial, sti- like, stable job? It's scary. It is. It's scary taking a leap and being like, okay, I'm going to eat rice and beans for a couple weeks because I'm going to have to get into this new routine of, like, not having a salaried job. Yeah. And, like, knowing how to budget accordingly. Yeah. And, and getting lucky with certain opportunities. And then sometimes just realizing that you have to keep working to get opportunities. Yeah. And something I haven't mentioned, which I definitely should, is that I work at a restaurant on the weekends because this doesn't pay the bills fully at all. So, like, three days a week, I'm I'm waitressing because mm-hmm. I'm starting to make a little bit of money, but nowhere near as much as I need to survive. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, it's taking that leap and doing what you have to do, but it's so... It's so worth it because I was. If you're so unhappy at something, it's we're so young. It's like it's not worth it. Exactly, living your own truth and doing what you want. Yeah, and I'm so thankful. Both of my parents are have been so supportive about all this, and I know that's something that a lot of other people no. don't have in their lives. Yeah, a lot of I a lot of times I run into friends where I'm like, just do it, just go ahead and do it, because like they're like, well, what about the benefits and what about this and what about that? And I was like. 
doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because if you're miserable 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. 50 hours a week, and you're not creating what you want to yeah. create, you're just putting yourself... Like, what life are you li- exactly. living at that point? And that's what both my, my dad specifically is like, just... You know, you struggle for a bit, and then the money will come. Mm-hmm. Well, you just have to keep doing it. If so, you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do. It. I love it. So Wayne's World Two reference, just <laughs> throwing it right in there. Talking about building, um, of course, you had to put all things by Betty Who ending your playlist. Yeah. Oh, I from, had to. From Queer Eye. From Queer Eye, just. Well, Betty Who is like the 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 soundtrack of all queer things because i know i found her from a home depot future husband boyfriend's walking around and he just proposes he, they break out into a betty who song flash mob Wait, did you witness this no it was a youtube oh, okay. that's that was how i got exposed to betty okay who. got it <laughs> I was like, Sorry, wait, you were there a, no, in I the wish, mob? I wish I was in the mob. No. Um, I just saw this YouTube video of Betty Who. And I was like, I love her. It was like the Robin. Robin wasn't making any music. I needed another blonde from a different country. I had Robin on here at first. and then <sighs> I should have kept her. I should have kept her. I was like, is this too long? I don't know. No. Okay, My yeah. God. But no, she was on there. Oh, yeah. Love it. Was it Tell Your Girlfriend? No. Um, it wasn't. It was Dancing on My Own. Oh, it was. I like Dancing on My Own as well. I mean, in Club Crochet, you just got to. I know. Um, <laughs> I like that we've just made Club Crochet. That if we get a studio space together, it's going to be called Club Crochet. It's going to be called Club Crochet. It's going to be Club Crochet because like you crochet and I do podcasts about music, about playlists. So... <gasps> It is necessary to just one. Keep- I got the inspiration when I wrote Club Crochet on there. Do you watch um, Big Little Lies? No, everyone keeps telling me about oh, it. Oh, you need to. Okay, well, anyway, last week's episode, they throw this crazy over the top party for like the second grade or whatever. And mm. it's like, Club Amabella. And it's like this little girl. And I was like, Oh, Club Crochet. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Everyone keeps telling me to. Oh, you have to. It. It'll make you feel some type of way, though. I'd, like, talk about it in therapy for a while. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can do that, because there's been... You gotta be in TV a mood. Show- yeah, TV shows that make me feel a certain way that I have to talk about also in therapy, that I'm like, I feel too close to this. This is too too intense for me. I can't separate, you know, fiction from reality at this point. Then maybe wait till like, you're in a very good Good spot. spot. Okay. Feeling. But I maybe highly recommend. <laughs> Maybe next week. Uh, we'll see how this week turns out. We're still on Tuesday. This episode's coming out Friday. Um, all things Queer Eye. All things Queer Eye. Just fangirl. Like, fangirl. It's just fun to be a fangirl. Do you have a favorite Queer Eye episode? Or a Queer Eyed person? Um, well, now my favorite is Bobby. Absolutely. Well, oh, yeah. Obviously. Oh, uh, like one like of the queer heroes. Those. Yeah. So, I really like... So which one? I, so I just watched like the two women who like making their barbecue sauce. Yes, yes. Remember that oh one? My God, that I one stands it. out in my mind. <gasps> that one's great. I also like the like Burning Man guy. Oh, do you yes, him? I do. Where who he fell in love with his best friend. Yes, and they like connected them. <laughs> Oh my god! He like didn't have his shit together at all, and he was just like, "I'm moving across the country, so I can like make Burning Man things all year long." I'm like, "You do you. That's awesome." But everyone was like, "You're crazy." He was like, "I don't care." I know, unapologetically himself. So now that the Queer Eye installation is done, what are you working on next? So I have some really exciting things happening. Um, I 
None of them are secrets, I guess I can say. Yeah. Um, so in three weeks, I am doing a wall at the airport, <gasps> at the Philadelphia airport. What? Yeah. That is huge. I'm excited about that. And that it's been like in the works for a while. And I actually am like starting my piece tomorrow. It's going to take me a while to do. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And then right after that, I'm going to Italy <laughs> for International Yarn Bombing Day. <sighs> And There's an international yarn bombing they're day. They're creating one. It's oh. in a small like village called Trevento, and it's um, like a couple hours east of Rome. And uh, people have been sending stuff from all over the world to like the main hub there. And a lot of local people are going to be there helping like sew it all together, put it up. But so they have all these steps throughout this village, and the, all the steps are going to be totally covered. And I'm going to cover the entire. There's a bus station at the heart of it and i'm going to cover the entire bus station in crochet oh how are you going to try are you going there to spend some time to work on it so i'm going to rome first my friend amanda is actually coming with me Mm -hmm. and i'm going to prep a lot of the pieces and then but i'm going to have to bring like multiple things of luggage just with all the pieces and with extra yarn and then I think I'm just going to ditch the luggage afterwards because I don't want to have to pay to like bring it back again. Yeah, you should just go to Philly Aids Thrift and it's, get exactly. a bunch of like inexpensive luggage. And people are like, you could find yarn there, but I'm like, no, I want to like make sure I have the colors I need and all that stuff. And know what you're working yeah. with. So I'm just excited for like TSA or whoever to open up the bags and just be like, what, what? is all this yarn? Oh, you're going to go through customs and they're going to open it up and they're going to be like... Maybe, yeah. Maybe. But I'm going to like check those. So I'll have all my clothes in my backpack but I'll just literally have two suitcases filled to the brim of yarn. That's amazing. So they'll probably think it's suspicious, but I'm like, no, it's just wholesome. <laughs> it's just wholesome. It's, excuse me, sir. My, my work is wholesome. Please. I'll drop that word Ciao. again. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> That's what, um, so I'm excited for that. And then I guess the other, then I'll head to Colorado early in January and I am like wrapping 12 large huge poles for an interior design firm so it's like it's starting to get there and people are just reaching out to you and asking I get a lot of things and those are like my big things I'm doing a lot of I'm working with Girls Rock Philly next week and a couple local organizations and um a couple other things around here but those are my like big gigs um but mainly it's through my website they reach out to me um or mainly my Instagram people hit me up, like DM me, all that kind of stuff. Hey, I have this idea. Hey, whatever. And then we get to talking and we go from there. That's amazing. And it's only been two years. It's I've only like really, I would say about a year is when I really started after the Taylor Swift thing happened. I said, okay, I'm going to do this before the Taylor Swift thing. Maybe I put up four or five things, little tiny things. Hell yeah. It's happening. It is. And it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm like hesitant to be like, it's happening. Like, because I don't want to jinx it. And I I don't also want to be like, oh, look at me. But I'm excited about this. I'm proud of myself. You should be. It's cool to be able to say. Yeah. Not a lot of people get to. And it's all about just doing it. And isn't it funny that YouTube taught you what you want your passion i always i always get pissed because i'm like i learned more from youtube than i did from college any single thing you want to learn you could learn off youtube i know and you can interpret it however you want yeah exactly that's amazing i am so happy that i got to meet you and i got to talk to you today it's like such a nice like surprise and like i've been looking forward to this like since you messaged me about it i'm so excited it just makes me 
this is why I do the podcast. And I get to benefit from it by meeting really cool fucking people. Um, so if people want to see your work, you said yeah. you had a website. What is yeah, it? Yes. So the best thing, my Instagram, it's lace in the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's underscores in between the words. So lace underscore in underscore the underscore moon. <laughs> um, <laughs> or my website is laceinthemoon.com. Nice. I will yes. put it in the show notes. Thank you so that. much for coming Thank over, Thank you. I could, I could cry. I'm very happy oh, right Please now. don't cry. Because <laughs> then I'll cry. Thank you. Thank you.
Making sure that I'm lonely. Stay lonely. You're making sure that I'm lonely. 